Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor and this episode is the first of four previews for the 2024 J2 season. In a moment you'll hear me chatting to John Steele about Montedio Yamagata and Zaspa Gunma and then we hand over to a trio of guests. First Finn fills us in on Vegalta Sendai, then Martin Spivey talks about Blablitz Akita and lastly Leslie Maben has the lowdown on Iwaki FC. We hope you enjoy the show. Right, hi everyone, James here. I'm joined by John, who's ready to talk about the uh, the J2 2024 season. It's fast approaching. John, how are you? Uh, yes, all good. Thanks, James. Nice to talk to you again after a short uh, New Year break. Yeah, it's uh, not long until uh, the season is, is back and banging, so we, we thought it was time to do some uh, season preview action, I suppose. Yeah, and because J2 only has 20 teams, it means that uh, your OCD tendencies will be satisfied. We can uh, very easily divide those teams into four preview pods. Uh, So obviously this is part one. And uh, we're going to talk first about uh, a couple of teams. Let's start with Montedio Yamagata. Um, John, what have you made of their off-season? Yeah, this is this is a good uh, a good shout, and I will quickly mention. Yes, my OCD is fully satisfied by this uh, new twenty team format. Although I'm shocking to you if it's only twenty teams, it's still quite a lot, um, isn't it? So it, we, yeah, that's it. without further ado, we should we should talk about uh, Yamagata. Uh, yeah, I think my gut feeling is just looking at the ins and outs at the moment as we talk. Um, I think they're really going for it um, this season, uh, especially mm. in an attacking sense. If you look at the players that have come in. Uh, now Hiro Sugiyama uh, is on loan from Gamba, but he's obviously well-known to J2 watchers from his time at Kumamoto. Uh, Koki Sakamoto has come in from Yokohama FC, so, you know, the kind of exciting uh, winger who's proven also at Kumamoto, funnily enough, uh, at the J2 uh, level. Ryo Makida from Sendai looks like a good pickup. Uh, and uh, Nagi Matsumoto, uh, he's on loan at Yamagata this season from Seretz Osaka, but obviously he uh, did well in the midfield at Kofu. Uh, mm. last season and I really like I, I think he became not quite a, a figure of fun but he he did miss a lot of chances up front for Iwaki last season Rio Arita mm. but I think he is actually a really good player and I, I think I would like to focus him on the fact that he was always in position to take chances and had the confidence to try shots even if they didn't always uh, end up in in the right place so I think in terms of attacking prowess they actually look stronger uh, this season and that is uh, even if we take into account the major outs which I suppose we have to mention are Thiago Alves and mm-hmm. De Torre the kind of two foreign foreign attackers uh, let's let's call them attackers because we, we disagreed about Thiago Alves' designation <laughs> uh, as whether he's a midfielder or a forward in the past so losing Thiago Alves and De Torre, that's obviously a lot of goals walking out of the door at Ende Soft Stadium uh, but they I think they still will be quite potent up front looking at the players that have come in uh, I also noticed that Ibuki Fujita kind of long uh, long term uh, you know, sort of holding midfielders as left. Uh, he's gone to Okayama, so that's an interesting uh, kind of sideways uh, step for him, I think. And uh, maybe one player who will be integral, who is not new, but uh, stayed as Zane Isaka, mm. who I think his his performances were, by and large, pretty impressive last season. So I fully expected him to maybe move up to J1, but he has stayed. So I think uh, we can be feeling pretty positive about Yamagata. I've obviously not mentioned goalkeeper or defence, um, mm. Which I think is a weak uh, a weak point for for them, and uh, obviously Keisuke uh, Nishimura has been signed on a permanent deal. Um, yeah. I think so. There's, there's potential for um, banana skins and uh, ball bearings um, at the back, but mm. um, yeah, I, I think you know last season 
Yamagata finished fifth and got sort of within a whisker of the playoff final. I know they, they were eliminated after drawing with Shimizu in the semi. I'm expecting something fairly similar in 2024, to be honest. And um, what, what about you, James? Yeah, I'm expecting, yeah, pretty similar. I think they um, they haven't, well, like you said, they lost a lot of goals in um, Thiago Alves and De La Torre, but they've kept Yoshiki Fujimoto. And I think bringing in Rio Arita, I think he'll do well. Like you say, he missed a lot, but I think he's he's a decent uh, attacker, I think. And like you say, if he's getting in the right position, then he'll, if he if he gets on a good run, I think he'll um, he'll he'll start start banging him. I mean, the two signings from Sendai were uh, they, well, they caused quite a lot of consternation um, over at, at Sendai. Rio Makida, very surprised that he maybe surprised that he left Sendai, but very surprised that he moved to Yamagata. And also uh, Chihiro Kato went uh, came from from Sendai to, to Yamagata as well. I think those uh, those signings are, are interesting, and yeah, Guo Makido is a really good player. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him. And yeah, you say we didn't really mention defence. Um, Keisuke Nishimura did all right last year, though, didn't he? That's true. Um, but as you said, potential for uh, banana skins and ball bearings is always there, and that potential is what keeps us watching, I think. <laughs> and um, we didn't mention goalie, but I don't think we need to mention goalie. On my notes under keep, I've put uh, yeah Masaki Goto. They've kept him, and I, I think. Probably you and everyone else is bored of hearing by now. I think he's really good. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, in terms of out- outgoings, you've mentioned all of them, really. Um, our Tem Miyagi has gone as well. He, he signed mid-season from from Nagasaki, although he was on, on loan apparently from Kawasaki. I just noticed that he's gone. And uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm not sure really. I think probably. Well, we know they'll be aiming for at least the playoffs, and I would expect them to be there uh, come the end of the season. But um, we are notoriously bad at predictions, so let's move on <laughs> and talk about the uh, newly renamed or shortened named Zaspa Gunma, who had a very impressive 2023 and um, seemed to have done some reasonable business in the off-season. What, uh, what do you think about Gumma? Uh, yeah, I suppose we should uh, start a timer for how long it takes one of us to call them Thespa Kusatsu Gunma. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I will be guilty of that at, at some point, especially when I'm caught uh, caught off guard. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting kind of off-season for them. Uh, they find themselves in a bit of an interesting situation. Obviously, I think finishing 11th last season was a bit of an over well it was an overachievement by Gunma standards mm. um, I thought that might mean Tsuyoshi Otsuki the manager would move somewhere else um, mm. perhaps he'd be given a shot somewhere with, with more resources but he he's back in the hot seat uh, at Gunma for this season which I think is good news for them in terms of ins and outs the, the squad does seem to have had quite major uh, surgery doesn't it mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of the familiar faces from last season's team uh, won't be there this year so I, I've listed up a Yuzo Iwakami uh, mm-hmm. Hayate Take up front uh, mm-hmm. Ryo Kawamoto and of course Hiroto Hatao uh, yeah. Very influential figure at the back. Who uh, we're still not sure um, is he in the is he in the, the trunk of your car, James, and being being driven <laughs> to Kanazawa. I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of an interesting move. So um, yeah, I think that the squad will look different, or, or the starting eleven even is going to look different next year. In terms of players coming in, um, they do seem to have made some additions up front, which look interesting. Yuya Takazawa. 
uh, coming in from Machida has the potential to be a good. He's such a Gunma-esque player, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of his like physical presence, uh, right at right at the top end of the pitch. Masashi Wada coming in from Iwate is an interesting one. And I think that's kind of a bit of a theme of Gunma's recruitment. I don't know how much of this is due to kind of financial realities or deliberate, deliberate uh, policy, but a lot of players coming in from J3 mm. to the to the Gunma uh, team. So we will mention, uh, you've got Masaki Goto, uh, I've got Yuma Funabashi, and he finally steps up to, uh, to J2 uh, coming in from Nagano. So I don't think the ins and outs are too sort of exciting. I don't think there's a kind of rock, rock the city kind of uh, kind of signing in there necessarily. But I think Rio Sato has stayed, is that right? Yep. Yeah, so I think that was probably the most important player to, to keep, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the kind of the, the, the breakout star from, from last season going forward. I think for Gunma, my gut feeling is they're going to find it quite difficult to replicate an 11th place finish mm-hmm. um, with the squad that they've got now. However, uh, they overachieved last year to get to 11th, so perhaps they can do it again. Uh, this time, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly enthused. I think it might be a, another season of consolidation for Gunma under under Otsuki this year. But um, is that a bit too pessimistic, James? I don't know. No, I think it's pretty realistic. I mean, like, yeah, last year they did massively overachieve, and let's think about every other year prior to that. It's been very much a case of well, let's just try and finish one place above the relegation zone. I think this year probably, yeah, they won't. They won't be able to to. Uh, uh, finish higher than they did last year, but I, I don't see them struggling with relegation. I expect them to be in the bottom half, but but not in too much difficulty. Um, because I think we've we've seen over the last couple of years that Odsky is has been able to. Um, well, he kind of overhauled. I don't know if he overhauled from the his first year to the second year, but he, obviously there was a progression, and I'm sure that he's. Uh, He's going to be able to do the same kind of thing this year. Someone that you didn't mention that I think is worth mentioning, Yuji Sugimoto, who they had. He joined uh, mid-season, and uh, he's he's converted. I think it must have been on loan. He's converted that into a full transfer. Um, he's quite a good attacker, so um, mm. it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Yes, Lewis. Kept- Lewis will have yeah. a close eye on his uh, short length. I think. Yeah, it's him and Mu Kanazaki. They're like. Trying to, if I bet if they could just play in their underpants, they would. Those guys, it's weird. It's um, a different, different podcast. Uh, that, <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah, Dan's uh, J Talk After Dark pod, isn't it? That he keeps, uh, <laughs> keeps mentioning. Anyway, um, I think also they kept um, uh, Kawakami, who uh, who played well on the wing um, this year or last year, and uh, they've still got uh, Masatoshi Kushibiki in goal, who uh, who we uh, we enjoy watching. I think he's good. Um, but yeah, a lot of um, regulars from last year are on the way out, so it it might take might take some time for for things to to gel. On the other hand, they might be using their training camp uh, effectively, and they might hit the ground running and do really well at the start. Who knows? We obviously don't. And that's why at this point, we're going to say uh, bye for now and hand you over to some guests who are going to talk about a few more teams. Hello, my name's Finn. And today I'm going to be going over my uh, thoughts and expectations for the upcoming season for my team, Vigata Sendai. So first of all, I'd like to talk about the new signings heading into the season. So... 
to begin with, in general, I'm not especially impressed with our signings up to this point. Nothing jumps out at me as hugely exciting or ambitious, but at the same time, I'm aware the club's finances aren't really in the best state, so I wasn't really expecting huge, exciting moves. But to begin with, I'll talk about some familiar faces. So for the third season in a row now, fan favourite um, Nakajima Motohiko returns on loan from Celeso Osaka. This time it's transitioned from a de development loan into a full loan. I'm not sure exactly what implications that has behind the scenes, but um, yeah, he's back again. So he's an incredibly popular player with the fans, definitely one of the most popular players at the club, and he seems to be quite comfortable here. And I mean, having been here for three seasons now, I'm, I can only assume the reason we haven't made it permanent is financial. Um, he had 11 goal involvements last year, and yeah, I'm happy to see him back again. Next up is uh, Ryunosuke Sagara. He was previously on loan from Sagan Tosu, and he returns now on a permanent basis. He's a 21-year-old wide midfielder or winger. He started strong last season, scored three goals early on, and they were all really fantastic goals, a lot of them long range and good hits, but then um, he seemed to completely fall out of the squad in the latter half of the season. But I presume uh, the management or the recruitment team see something in him and they've brought him back accordingly. So looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. Now on to some new signings. First up, a pair of left-footed centre-backs, which is a specific role we really needed after some of the departures we had this season. They're going to presumably pair with uh, Sugata Masahiro on the right side of the central defence. First up is uh, Chinen Tetsuya from Urawa. Now, um, it's slightly concerning in that he hasn't played a competitive match in over 18 months. But again, we'll have to see what he can do. And also we've signed Brazilian defender Mateus Miraes from um, relegated Yokohama FC who are back in J2 this year. I can't say I'm overly familiar with either of them. And like I say, it's worrying that one of them hasn't played in well over a season. But either way, we need competent left-footed uh, centre-backs. So it's a position that we need and I'm glad we've got multiple options in that position now. And then up front, we've signed Eron. He's a 25-year-old Brazilian striker with experience from the second to the fourth divisions in his homeland. Now, first off, I'd like to say I don't really know much about him, so I'd like to talk about the slightly odd or interesting journey he's had up to this point. So he finished last season at Brazilian fourth-tier club Caxias, where he was the league's top scorer with 14 goals in 22 appearances. Then at the end of 2023, so quite recently, he signed for the second-tier side, Villanova FC, on a free contract expiry. Then a week later, he signed permanently for Sendai, presumably for some fee. Now, you know, it's, I'm sure Villanova feel pretty good about turning a profit on a player without ever having played for the club and after arriving on a free. Yeah, and in terms of his ability, I have no idea really how the fourth tier Serie D of Brazil stacks up to J2. So we'll just have to see if he can replicate his form at this level or not. I mean, from I watched some of his highlights from that top scoring season, and he looks to have a good poacher's you know skill set and mentality. A lot of goals arriving in the box and positioning himself well in the box. Some nice flicks and headers as well. He's not amazingly tall, but he seems to be good in the air. Ultimately, Sendai have been crying out for a consistent striker since relegation. Our top scoring centre forward last season was Nakayama with a huge tally of three goals. So the bar isn't especially high. So. I don't think there's a huge amount of pressure, aside from the fact that he's coming in you know, as a potentially expensive foreign player. 
Hopefully he can replicate his form from last season in this new environment, this new country, but that remains to be seen. But either way, I'm looking forward to seeing someone new up front. Next up, I'd like to talk about some of the departures we've had since the end of last season. First off, I'd like to give a huge mention and a huge tribute to the retirement of record appearance holder and club legend, Ryang Yong-gi. A former North Korean international, he held the number 10 shirt at Sendai most of the time since 2006, aside from a short spell elsewhere. He made over 600 appearances in all competitions. Interestingly, it's the second long-serving player to retire in consecutive seasons after Tommy Dashingo retired last year. Obviously a huge loss in the dressing room and to the culture of the club. He hasn't played a huge role in recent years, but a huge loss nonetheless. Next, on a mostly personal note, I'm really sad to see Brazilian midfielder Foguinho go, moving back to his native Brazil on a free to Chapecoense in the second division, I believe. Now, he didn't feature too heavily last season in and out of the squad, and nor did he impress particularly. So ultimately, I'm not surprised to see him go, but it's a player I was a really big fan of, so I'm quite sad to see him go nonetheless. Interestingly, uh, in this transfer window, we've seen two players leave to our local and divisional rivals, Yamagata. Uh, first, Chihiro Kato, who I'm not too upset about, a decent player, but he can be replaced. However, we've also lost Kida Ryoma, which is a heavier blow in my mind. He was one of our better players last year, finishing as the second top scorer in the team. Definitely disappointed to see him go, and especially to a local rival, but I'm sure he'll do well there and wherever he ends up in the future. The final departing player I'd like to talk about is South Korean defender Kim Tae-hyung, whose two-year loan from Ulsan Hyundai expired before he went on to move permanently up to J1 with Sagan Fosif. Another of our best players last year, he's capable of left-sided centre-back as well as left-back, and his departure, though it might have been inevitable, did leave a huge gap in the left side of our defence. Now, his capability as a left-sided centre-back has been filled, potentially, by those two signings I mentioned earlier, but he also played as left-back, and by my count, with his departure, we only have one true left-back left at the club in Uchida, so I'm interested to see if that gap gets filled or if we look at other players to step in when Uchida is unavailable. Now, the next thing I'd like to talk about is my feelings about our new manager for this season. So, Sendai start their third season back in J2 with their fourth manager since relegation. This time at the helm is Moriyama Yoshida. Now, this is his first job at senior club level, but he started his management career all the way back in 2000 with Hiroshima's youth team. Then after 12 years there, he moved to the Japanese national team youth setup, and since then has managed at various levels therein, but mainly at the under-17 age group. Now with that Japan under-17 team, he won the under-17 Asian Cup twice, once in 2018 and then last year in 2023. However, after exiting three consecutive under-17 World Cups in the round of 16, he stepped down last year. Now obviously he's proven to be a good manager at that level, but senior club football, I'd imagine, is a totally different beast. So far, he's spoken positively about his ambitions for the club, but he's yet to prove himself out on the touchline. So tactically, he's traditionally favoured a 4-2-3-1 setup, occasionally employing a 4-4-2. Now Sendai, at the start of last season under Ito, played 4-4-2 as well, before under Hori, mainly a 4-1-4-1 or something similar. But they did go back to 4-4-2 a bit at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if he sticks with his preferred formation 
goes with the 4-4-2 or tries something different entirely. It's definitely an interesting appointment and I don't really know what to expect at all from him. We are relying on him making a relatively quick and seamless jump from international youth up to senior club management and whether that can be done and will be done remains to be seen. But I am curious to see if his knowledge of youth prospects and any relationships with players he's made during his time as a youth coach, whether that results in any interesting signings for us in the future or if that's all going to be left up to the transfer team. Either way, looking forward to a new season under another new manager. Next up, my thoughts on who might be our key player this season. Now at the start of last season, I think I would have said Nakajima, and now that he's back again on loan, I was tempted to go with him again. A few other possibilities were Sugata in defence, or Kamada, who's been given the newly vacated number 10 shirt. And while there aren't a huge wealth of stellar performers from last year to pick from, this year I think I'll have to go with our number 11, Yuta Goke. Able to play across the offensive midfield positions and occasionally as a second striker, he was our leading appearance maker and top scorer last season although only with 10 goals from his 40 appearances. Now, he's a Miyagi native and he played youth football for Sendai before going pro with Kobe, returning to Sendai last season. He's very well liked by the fans and last season he always looked keen to put a shift in, showed a lot of drive and passion, which is more than can be said for a lot of the other players on the team. He was appointed as one of the three vice-captains of the club this season, so I think it's safe to assume that he'll continue to play an important role on and off the pitch this year. If I had to pick one thing for him to improve on, it would be his creativity. He didn't register a single assist in the league last season. However, this might have just as much to do with the quality of the players around him and in front of him. Either way, I'm looking forward to seeing him this year and hopefully improving on his already good performance last year. So lastly, I'd like to answer the question, where do I think we'll finish versus where do I hope we'll finish at the end of this 2024 season? I think it's plain to see that Sendai have been on a downward trajectory since their relegation. In 2022, finishing 7th with 63 points, just missing out on the playoff positions, but slipping all the way down to 16th with only 48 points last year, barely avoiding a relegation battle. As much as I'd like to be able to say I'm sure we'll turn things around this year and get back to where we should be, without any hugely groundbreaking changes to the squad and another new manager and system to get used to, especially one as unproven as Moriyama's, I'm really not expecting miracles right away. I will say that on paper, I think we benefit slightly from the new league structure starting this year. Now, we only had one J-League team relegated back to J2 this year, and that was Yokohama FC. As a bonus, we also had three quite strong J2 teams going up into J1, as well as two J3 teams coming up. Now, while that might benefit us on paper, I think on paper we should have done a lot better since our relegation, so I'm not relying on that. Now the last two seasons have been a real reality check, and they definitely tempered my optimism. Now this coupled with the uncertainty of a new manager and system, at my most optimistic I feel like we could make playoffs, but realistically I'm thinking we'll finish more like mid-table. Now it could be that last year was an anomaly, and we're not actually that bad, and we end up back amongst the top teams this year, which we definitely should be, but I haven't got the confidence in the team to say that outright. I do think that another bottom half finish in the fashion of last year would be truly catastrophic for the club going forward. To finish up, I'd like to talk about some things off the pitch. And there was a huge amount of drama in and around the fan base last year, with a lot of big crashes between supporter groups and the board, as well as internal issues within ultra groups. There were several high-profile incidents, including several fans receiving bans for surrounding 
the Iwata team bus after a match. Now this all culminated with one of the biggest ultra groups fracturing into various subgroups with some fans refusing to sing at home games and others saying, no, let's continue as we were. Now, hopefully this new season, new management can bring the fans back together and we can all get behind the team as we should be. But I'm very aware of the tensions that are very much still just below the surface. And I don't think a new management will you know, assuage the concerns about the board that some of the fans have. With all that said, all that's left is for the season to begin. And, you know, all I can do is hope for the best. But, yeah, I'm definitely not uh, getting my hopes too high this year. But hopefully we'll see some good play, a united team and fan base, and Sendai can hopefully push back to where they deserve to be, the top division of Japanese football. Thank you for listening. I've been Finn, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. My name is Martin Spivey, and today I'm going to be giving a, a J2 2024 a season preview for Blaublitz Akita. So, to answer the first question, uh, which new signings are you most excited about? So, I've, I've chosen three. Uh, the first one is uh, Ren Komatsu, who is a 25-year-old forward that we signed from Matsumoto Yamaga in uh, J3. Uh, last season, he uh, scored uh, 19 goals and uh, created four, which is a really good record. I think he was the, he was the top scorer in uh, the whole of J3, so I was, I was really surprised that actually he uh, didn't go on to a, a, higher, uh, a higher club, perhaps in J2, maybe even J1. Uh, so I think that's a really uh, a great signing for a, a club like Akita. Uh, I think he's quite tall, seems to score quite a few headers. So um, perhaps we're expecting him, uh, you know, to get a few goals, um, whether from crosses, uh, probably more likely, uh, you know, long balls, uh, long throw-ins, I should say, uh, or uh, corners, perhaps. Um, yeah, and then uh, I've also uh, chosen um, Daiki Sato, who's uh, another forward. Uh, he came on loan from uh, Machida Zelvia, who, uh, who are now in J1. He's only 24, but um, he went on loan to Yokohama SEC in J3 last, uh, last year, I think from the summer. And he managed to get uh, seven goals and two assists in 26 appearances. Um, so yeah, we, we've uh, struggled for goals um, well ever since we ever since we came into J uh, J two. So uh, it would be uh, hopefully yeah, uh, Komatsu and Sato can uh, bang in a few goals uh, this season. Uh, yeah, and f- finally I've gone with um, a defender, so uh, Koji uh, Hachisuka, who's a right back. He is joined from Vigalta Sendai. He's 33, so very much uh, in his uh, veteran phase. Um, but, um, yeah, he made 20 league appearances for Sendai uh, last year. They didn't have a very good season, so I don't know what that says. But um, he's uh, he's a stalwart. He's, his entire career has been at Vigalta Sendai. So he's very much a sort of Sendai. Uh, I, don't know if he's, I don't know if legend is too strong a word, but certainly a stalwart. Made 164 appearances in J1. So he's got a lot of pedigree. I expect that he'll be 
playing at right back as a you know regular right back, um, assuming he's you know fully fit. Uh, but at, at thirty three, you know maybe uh, the way our defenders are expected to run around a lot, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps yeah he might uh, he might be rested for a few games. But um, yeah, I imagine he's not come to Akita just to sit on the bench. So I suspect he'll be a regular right back. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, how he how he does. Because uh, as I say, yeah, he got a lot of uh, pedigree and ha- had pretty strong career. So uh, yeah. Okay, question two then. Which players are you most disappointed to have lost? Again, I've gone with uh, three to keep it uh, relatively short. Uh, first of all, um has to be uh, Ryota Takara. So um, he is the uh, right back. I'm guessing who, you know, uh, the previously mentioned Hachisuka's um, replacing. So uh, yeah, 23 years old. Uh, and he's moved to Vegalta Sendai, <laughs> almost like a straight swap. Uh, yeah, so 23, he, he, we had him in a, for uh, his rookie season coming out of university. Uh, it's no surprise that he's moved on. I would have wanted him to stay at least one more year, but yeah, I've, I've been following uh, J League long enough to know that, that, that this doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. Um so yeah, he really quick, uh, great ta- great tackler, um, excellent in blocking the you know sort of sprinting back and blocking the ball. Um, so it goes out for a throw in or a corner, whatever. Um, yeah, he's gonna be a big loss replacing him. He had uh, I said this in the uh, review pod, but um, he had like over a hundred, so over a hundred tackles. Which was forty more than the the second highest Akita player, so he will be a, a key loss. Um, but yeah, I uh, I wish him all the best. I'm, I'm sure he's going to go on to have a great career. He's a really bright prospect. Uh, secondly, uh, not just disappointed, but really surprised at this actually. Um, so Yutaro Io at left back, so thirty three. A decade older than Takada, uh, he's moved to Vivar in Nagasaki, and this has really taken me by surprise. So um, he's been with us since we got promoted to uh, J two um, in twenty uh, twenty. Was it? I can't remember now. Twenty twenty one, and yeah, I think so. He came from Sendai, and I think he'd um, he'd had a really bad injury. Uh, like six six months or so previously, he'd been out for like over a year or so, and so he came. He joined really late in the window. I remember, so perhaps he was looking for a better move, but uh, ended up sort of coming to us. Maybe a sort of a last resort. I don't know, but um, yeah, he um, he was originally a right right winger, and then transformed into a left back by uh, Ken Yoshida, our, our uh, head coach. Um, but yeah, I really liked him and, um, he did very well for us. Um, he was sort of great he, as he was a right winger, you know, he'd often, he'd cut in, cut in on his, onto his right foot and cross the ball. He scored a few goals. I think he got four, which is, he was one of our top scorers, um, last season. So he could, you know, you could always rely on him for one or two goals at least. Um, uh, 
But he's had um, a few, yeah, one or two bad injuries. He was out for, um, I'm trying to think how long it was now, but it was good eight eight months to a year he, he was out for us. I think it was his ACL that he did. Uh, and then, um, yeah, last season, I think the last month, was it for about the last sort of few weeks of um, 2023, he um, went up to, to try and win a header with a sort of defender and goalkeeper and um, ended up cracking his ribs. Uh, and to make matters worse, he got a yellow card for it as well. And um, yeah, I, I don't think, I think it was a really harsh yellow. He, he didn't sort of go flying in and uh, ended up seriously injured and, and still got booked through, which I thought was really harsh for the referee. But anyway, um, yeah, so to, to move, I, I did wonder whether maybe we, we'd release him or uh, if he might go down to J3. So to get signed by Nagasaki and, Potentially as a as a as a regular uh, starter as well, uh, it really surprised me. Um, to be perfectly honest, uh, I'm delighted for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted for him. So uh, I'm really pleased that he's, he's got that move. I would like to like like for him to have stayed, uh, but yeah, uh, that that one really took me by surprise. So hopefully he can uh, get regular minutes there, and um, I hope he does really well. Finally, I've gone with um, Kaito Abe as well as a centre-back. He's 24. We had him on loan from Okayama. And um, again, it's not really a surprise that he's uh, returned to Okayama because uh, he had a really good season for us. Won a lot of headers. Was just really solid, um, reliable central defender. Made very few sort of mistakes. Not bad, quite decent on the ball as well. You know, comfortable with the ball at his feet. Uh, so I, I suspect he's, Okuyama are going to be playing him regularly. I really hope so. Because um, it'd be a shame if he, he, he goes back only to be a backup. Um, but yeah, still only 24. So I think they're going to, I think he's got a, a bright future in, in the game. So uh, good luck to him. Um, number three then, how do you feel about your manager? So Kenny Yoshida is our manager, our head coach. This uh, year will be his uh, fifth season. And if you look at it overall, it's fair to say he's done a great job so far. Got us promoted um, from J J3 comfortably as champions uh, back in uh, 2020. And then, um, I think it was 2020 anyway, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we've had three seasons in uh, J2. Um was it 12th, 13th, and 12th? Um, sorry, 13th. We finished 13th, 12th, and then 13th last season. So to keep us up and, you know, in, in comfortably up in mid-table on the lowest or possibly, uh, or close close to lowest budget in J2, I think is a great achievement. However, one criticism is that um, the football is often quite turgid and uninspiring. Um seems to be the same tactics that he can't, he just can't seem to uh, break away from. He's very pragmatic. I, I understand that, um, you know, if, if you've got a really low budget, you, you we're basically attracting a lot of, sort of you know, half-decent J3 players or uh, young players that are you know, coming in on loan, like like from Okayama, you know, Abe from Okayama or... Um, um, you know, if you're getting the, sort of an 18-year-old or young young striker from, uh, you know, uh, J1 or whatever, I, I understand that it, 
it's it must be a really tough market when you don't have a lot of money. Plus, it's Akita as well, so it's it's not the the most attractive location for um, a lot of players, I can imagine. But um, but you know there are other teams with low budgets in in J two who have you know who try to play sort of um, nice attractive football. And I don't see why we, we shouldn't aim for that. I mean, obviously, it's it's more um, it's possibly you know riskier doing it like that. But um, you know, just just thinking about like the home matches. Uh, last season, we won three home matches all season. You know, which is just really you know, it was twenty one matches we have, and uh, to win just three, is so frustrating. And um, there were quite a few l- really late goals, so we we're actually. I think I'm trying to think how many games it was now, but um, there were I think at least three matches we were winning, and uh, conceded, yeah, maybe from the 90th minute onwards, like into, into like extra um, additional time uh, to draw. This is just really frustrating. Um, so yeah, I think the away form's quite good. So you know, obviously. Setting up the way we're set up to be sort of very counter-attacking and um, you know sort of backs to the wall. Everyone sort of comes back and defends and let, lets their defenders pass it around. That often works quite well away, especially against um, really stronger teams. You know we've had sort of uh, big wins against like Machuder and uh, Espols, so that's great. But when you're at home, you feel like well, just to have that same sort of tactic and, and, and to not really vary it much. It's just kind of soul destroying. The home fans are the ones that are going, you know, uh, paying a lot of money to to um, attend, and um, uh, you know, regularly, and and those are it's 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 that you know, ticket revenue is a key part of um, key part of our um, overall revenue. So you want to tr- we're desperate to get more supporters in. Well, one way you do that is by picking up more points at home playing more attractive football, but it's, it's not, you know, um, I know the, the head, I know the, the head coach, it's his job, right? His job is to get as many points as we can, but he should be trying to pick up more points at home, trying to make it more attractive football, not just a simple tactic of, you know, playing it long and then trying to win a throw in that maybe we can lob into the box and, <laughs> That's okay at certain parts of the points of the game and maybe against certain teams, but that seems to be the tactic for pretty much every home match, pretty much every match. Um, and, you know, that's probably why he's still with us, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, as um, John and, you know, maybe one or two others on the pod have, have said previously, we're kind of surprised that Yoshida is maybe still there or has thought this might be his final season. Uh, with us but I mean yeah who I, I do wonder like how, how how does he get a move to a bigger club because unless they want to play those tactics he's not proven himself as a great sort of tactical master who can sort of you know shape things up and um, play different you know various different ways and uh, if you are you know sort of top end of J2 or bottom end of J1 you probably got a lot more supporters, more demanding, wanting to see some more attractive football. They're not going to want to see, um, you know, what they what they get with Ken Yoshida. Uh, so on the evidence so far, anyway, and it's several seasons of evidence. Um, 
So, yeah, I really, really hope the football is... Um, I really hope he tries to change it up. I, I, was, I thought this last season and he didn't really. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, overall he's done brilliantly, but um, I can't help but feel that um, a bit like what's happened with um, Kanazawa, that similar will happen to him. He'll stay another year or two. It'll be a, a year or so too long and we'll end up going um, down to J3. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just an, inv- an in- inevitability. But um, yeah, so the the jury's out for me this for this season anyway because, um, yeah, let's see how he does. But I mean, so far he's done a brilliant job, but the uh, the football could be could be more attractive to watch. Okay, uh, question four then. Who will be your key player this season? That is a very good question. <laughs> I will say, uh, so Tomofumi Fujiyama is a centre uh, midfielder. He had a really good season last year. After, um, in 2022, I think he was mostly used as a right back. And he, he struggled quite a bit in that position. So when he came up to, uh, he, he's originally a centre midfielder. We'd actually had him before and he moved to Nagano and then uh, came back to us. Um, was it a couple of years ago now? So he's, um, I think he's kind of, he's sort of 29 now. So he's sort of peaking. These are sort of his peak years. But if he has another good season like last year or even better, then uh, yeah, I think it could be vital because um, he's, you know, quite sort of um, quick, uh, strong um, midfielder, you know, quite uh, reliable. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully he has a, I think he could be a, a key in, in the center of midfield for us. Uh, and also, obviously, um, as previously mentioned, you know, we've signed Ren Komatsu. Uh, will he be a goal machine? Um, he has previously played in J2 uh, for one or two clubs. I think one of them was, uh, was he a Tochigi? Uh, so he got one or two goals, but he wasn't, um, yeah, he wasn't that prolific. So, but, you know, he had a great year last year in J3. He's the perfect age now. Was he, let's say, 25? So he's at that age now where he can, uh, you know, he's, he's, he um, can really start developing. Um, we've not had a, a player get more than seven goals. I think Take got seven for us uh, a couple of years back. Um, so in, in J2, I should say. So, um, you know, like anything, if, we, if you have a half-decent player... They often leave after a season, don't they? So why not hope that he just gets 12, 13 goals and then leaves us? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. You know? I mean, um, you know, I'd be happy if he has an absolutely incredible season and gets uh, 12, 15, 20, 20 goals. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. I don't mind. Um, but uh, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think if we brought him in, you'd like to think he's going to get more than five or six. But yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but hopefully, yeah, he's a he 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 bangs the goals in for us uh, this season. Okay, question five. Then, where do you hope you will finish in the table, and where do you think you will finish? Hmm. So my hope. I mean, obviously. My hope would be that we, we win the whole league. <laughs> that would be my hope, of course. But to be realistic, I think sort of 10th would be, would be a really good finish. If we could get into the top half, we've never done that yet. We could do a little bit of, you know, like a Gunma did last season. That would be great. 
Um, yeah, there have been so many squad changes that it's hard to see as is finishing as high as 10th. But you never know. You know, like I say, if uh, Komatsu is getting a few um, a few goals, winners, and we can change a few of these draws that we've had this, you know, that we had in 2023, a few of those draws turn into wins. And, you know, 10th is quite realistic. So um, I think there are quite a few strong, you know, some strong squads in J2 this year. It can make it really tough, but um, yeah, that would be. I think some, yeah, that, that would be my hope. I think um, getting into that into the top half. As for where I think we'll finish, oh, this is really difficult again because you know if you look on if you were to look on paper at sort of squad um, budgets, we'd be bottom or close to bottom. So. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think we'll finish bottom, but I, I, it's not it, it's not inconceivable to imagine that type of season where everything just goes wrong and we get relegated. Um, but a safe bet based on the previous three years would be 13th. Uh, <laughs> right? So maybe it's a lower mid-table is probably where I think we'll finish. But in all honesty, to kind of combine the two halves of the question... If we were to, you know, I think the sort of bottom three finish, um, but sorry, the bottom three get relegated. There's 20 teams this year. So uh, if we were to finish even like sort of 15th, 16th, but have some really, you know, play more attractive, more enjoyable football and uh, score a few more goals, then I'd be happy with that. I don't mind, you know, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're not going down, it doesn't really matter if you're 16th or 12th, to be perfectly honest. If we're if we're if we're more attractive at um, at home, more entertaining, and we're um, scoring a few more goals, then I'd love that. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a great season for me. So all in all, I don't know if I'd say I'm positive about uh, 2024. I think time will tell, but there's certainly some things to be um, uh, excited about. I'm intrigued to see how the new forwards do, Komatsu and Sato. Um, and uh, yeah, time will tell how we get on, but I think yeah, over yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a really interesting season, not just for Akita but for the other teams involved. So uh, I look forward to listening to the pods every week and uh, being involved as uh, much as I can. So thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, goodbye and good luck. Hello there, my name is Leslie Maven. And I'm an Iwaki FC supporter. Ndape. Or well then, as they say on the Fukushima coast. What do I think about this coming season for Iwaki FC? Our second season in G2. A few signings over the close season. Quite a few signings actually. A lot of new players coming in. Um, similar to, to last season, a lot of the guys that are coming in are coming out of university, out of uh, youth setups. Also, a couple of players come in from, from overseas. So, in terms of the players that I'm um, most excited about coming in, there are a few. I'm going to pick out just a few and, and say a little bit about why I'm excited about each of them. So, one of the one of the signings I'm, I'm, I'm really keen on is uh, Teruyama Hayato, coming in from Imabari, stepping up from J3, into our defence. It's no secret that uh, our defence was a little bit uh, porous at points last season 
and having somebody who's who's done pretty well for for Ima Bari and has got quite a lot of games is I hope going to really um strengthen us at the back. Also quite excited that we're getting a couple of young players coming in from elsewhere in G2 who despite their youth have actually got a fairly extensive amount of uh, first team experience. So we've got coming in on loan from uh, from Seriezo Osaka, we've got uh, Nishikawa Jun coming into our midfield. We've also got uh, Buanika Keita coming in from uh, Mito Hollyhock and also before then at uh, at Jeff United Chiba. A lot of games actually. So these are two guys who are quite young but have managed a lot of football in the um, in the upper leagues in, in Japan. So quite excited to get a bit of a bit of experience into the side alongside a lot of the, the youth that we have. And I'd also just like to uh when I'm talking about excitement point out a couple of uh, signs that have come in from Korea. So Iwaki's scouting has received quite a bit of praise now that's been quite nice and quite heartening to see that. And we've got a couple of uh, players will be joining us this season from, from Korea. So Park Jun-yong, again, another defender coming in. What's exciting about him is the fact that he's not as young as the, the rest of our squad. So Park Jun-yong is uh, in his late 20s, has had a, a, a career over in, in Korea and is now coming in to hopefully, again, shore up our defence. But the, the signing I'm really, really excited about most of all is 18-year-old Korean goalkeeper Ju Hyun Jin, who's joining us straight out of high school, straight out of a taxation high school in, in Korea. And my, my hunch is that we might not actually see a lot of him. I suspect at some point he might be loaned out, but I've... I've, I've I think this is a super exciting signing and I have to say I mean I don't know anything about this this young gentleman's personal circumstances or his, his family background or anything but I have full respect to him at such a young age for going overseas going to a different country joining a club in another country to uh, to progress his football career so I'm, I'm very excited to see how he gets on and it'll be great to see how he um, how he settles into to life in, in Iwaki. As well as taking players on, we've also lost players over the, the closed season. And the fact that we've lost a few players who've been pretty strong performers is, is disappointing. But again, it's also an encouraging sign that uh, at Iwaki we're maybe doing something right in our recruitment. So two of the kind of real outstanding players that we, we did lose over the, the close season were two of our, our, our goal scorers. So Arita Rio has moved on to um, Montedio Yamagata and uh, Iwabuchi Hiroto has moved on as well to Fajiano Okayama. Of the two, I actually think we're going to miss Iwabuchi a lot more. I think we're going to really miss his his goals, a lot of goals at, at critical moments last season. Uh, for those of you that maybe maybe follow me in the um, the, the previous pods and, and, and online and things, I, I did have a bit of a grumble about Arita. I did think he was a bit wasteful last season, and I I'm, he's probably going to prove me wrong saying this now. And I did I did kind of wonder how much he's going to kick on, but uh, Iwabuchi I think is going to be a very big loss. It's actually not going to be long before we we see him again back at the back at the Hawaiian Stadium, or one of our first home games right at the start of March. 
is actually against Fajian Wakayama. So it's going to be a very quick return to the, the southern Fukushima coast for uh, Iwabuchi Hiroto. So it was disappointing to lose him, but again, I think when you have a club that sort of prides itself on having a recruitment model with a lot of youth and a lot of players coming in, that's that's going to happen. As far as the manager goes, I'm absolutely fine with Tamura Yuzo. Came in back in in the middle of last season, uh, took over what was a, a rapidly sinking ship. Things were very quickly going southwards, settled us down, made us hard to beat, and ultimately kept us in the division. You, you can't ask for more than that. He knows the club inside out. He's been here for a long time, was the, the, the head coach before, then stepped up upstairs into the, uh, the the sort of more senior management roles, now come back down as head coach. And I think he's absolutely fine. It, it was announced pretty soon after the end of the season that his contract had been extended. And from what I could see on social media, the, the sort of universal... Mood music, if you like, among the Iwaki fans was this, that this was a good thing and that everybody was, was pretty happy with that. So, yeah, absolutely fine with, with Tamura Kantoku. And I suspect that uh, given his long association with the club and all the work he's done with our players, if the time does come during the season where we, we, we feel that there's a need for a change of coach, I'd like to think or hope that we might see him maybe moving on or moving back up to a, a more senior role or a different role within the club rather than, than leaving completely. If you were to ask me who I thought our key player would be this season, that's a, a quite a, a tough question. So I um, did a little bit of maths, and it was quite well known last season we had a very young squad. We had the, the youngest average age in J2, just under 24 years, I think 23.9. This year, the average age of the squad is even younger, and I make it to be... 22.9 years and 22 and a half years if you take the goalkeepers out. So again, an even younger squad than, than we had last year. And as I say, a lot of players coming in out of university systems, out of uh, other clubs' youth setups, a lot of players in there who've got a lot of potential, but maybe haven't played a lot of senior football. And that's why I think the really important players for us this season are going to be the guys with the G2 experience. I think the key players absolutely are going to be the guys that have got that experience. Um, Tanimura Kaina from from our own our own history has been with us for a, for a, for a while. You know, played played a lot of games. Also, our, our captain signed on again as well, Yamashita Yuto. You know, I think having these guys who've been here for a while, but also have played a, a good number of games. As I said before, a couple of other names coming in. So Nishikawa Jun coming in from on loan from Seizo Osaka. And uh, Buwani Kaketa coming in from, from Mito Hollyhock, having been at Jeff United before. I think these guys that are maybe you know, still pretty youthful, but have got that extra G2 experience, I think they're going to be our key players. And yeah, So I, I, I've got a lot of respect for what we do. I do think it's tough when, when you have such a young squad. And I really do like the approach of, of, of valuing youth. And, you know, as we say in Scotland, you can very easily fill a team with a bunch of jobbers. You know, as we say in Scotland, jobbers, guys that are late 20s, early 30s, that have been around the houses, been around the clubs. And while there is a certain logic to that, it's it's nice to try something different. But also it is it's pretty good that we're, we're maybe getting a few players in there, just a few players with that. They're a little bit more experienced and hopefully a bit, a bit more uh, streetwise um, 
mobility in there as well, alongside the, the youth and energy that we have. So I think there's maybe a bit of a gap between where I hope we'll finish in the table and where I think we'll finish. I would like to think we could kick on from last season. I think it would be fabulous if we could get into the top half of the table. I suspect it will be a bit of a stretch to get anywhere near the playoff places, but aiming for upper mid-table would be a really great season, having had that season in, in, in J2 already. That said, I'm often quite pessimistic at heart, and I think it could again be quite a tough season. I think a lot, as I say, will hinge on how well we're able to replace the, the likes of, of, of Arita and Iwabuchi that have moved on, and how much the, the guys that we've brought in, especially the, the younger players and the guys that have come, are coming out of the university systems, are, are able to, to, to gel. I think it could be quite tough down at the bottom. I think we will stay clear of relegation trouble, but I think we could be below the dotted line for a, for a, for a good few weeks. So I'm going for us to finish um, probably in the in the bottom five again. But having said that, I hope we finish a bit further up the table and regardless, I am looking forward to the season. Ganbape Iwaki! That's it for part one of the season previews for J2. Thank you again to Finn, Martin and Leslie for their contributions. Thanks to Patreon subscribers for their support. And of course, thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you.